is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. Being on the front lines against anti-Semitism is not just about talking about the problem. It is also about putting forth concrete solutions. That is what ADL's new Combat Plan is all about. It's a six-part plan corresponding to each of the letters of the word combat. It's meant to guide federal, state, and local government in the fight against both domestic and global anti-Semitism. C is for condemning anti-Semitism. O is for opposing hate and extremism that is driven by anti-Semitism. M is about making communities safe from anti-Semitism. B is about blocking anti-Semitism online. A is about acting against global anti-Semitism. And T refers to teaching about anti-Semitism. Those are the broad outlines, but what does this all mean? I've asked my colleague Dan Granote to join me and describe the combat plan. He's ADL's Director of Government Relations, Anti-Semitism, and International Affairs for our policy department in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Dan, too, from the front lines. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks for having me. So this year's audit of anti-Semitic incidents showed that ADL dealt with more anti-Semitic incidents in 2021 than at any other point since we began tracking such information. We're talking about over 2,700 incidents across the nation. This plan grew out of that reality, but it's not as if ADL was not already battling anti-Semitism. Indeed, we've been doing so every day since our founding in 1913. So what's the value added of the combat plan? You know, it's a really good question. Uh, and unfortunately, those numbers that you mentioned are, are horrifying, but they're reflective of the reality. Now, I, I've heard ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt say that there's a lot of talk about fighting anti-Semitism, but there's always a real question about what we can be doing to change it. So the combat plan, as, as you said, that's our answer to this question, right? This six-part comprehensive framework for elected officials and for policymakers um, lays out actions that can be taken to fight anti-Semitism on the federal, on the state, and on the local levels. Um, and in some ways, this is enhancing existing work that ADL has been doing and is known for. And in other ways, it's also adding new areas, new streams. Um, I'm really excited about a lot of the opportunities that this lays out. But, you know, I think the key takeaway is that this is really a whole-of-society approach, right? Those six letters you laid out covers everything from teaching students to, you know, working on the global scene to condemning and working with leaders in the White House. You know, that whole society approach is sort of the key cog over here. So let's delve a bit deeper into the components. Uh, I'm not sure that we have time for an in-depth discussion of all six, but we can give the listeners a sense. And I want to start with C, condemning anti-Semitism. To what does that refer? The condemning anti-Semitism section, it calls for a few specific things. You know, first off, this is a call to action, right? It's a call to action to uh, public leaders, uh, both elected and non-elected, to leaders within communities, to condemn all forms of anti-Semitism and to be responding to all these anti-Semitic incidents, uh, as you mentioned, um, in timely and specific and, and in direct ways. You know, what does that actually mean, right? It's a lot of, a lot of jargon. It means, you know, having people using their standing and their platform, having people use their convening power to call it out, right, regardless of political uh, affiliations or ideology where it comes from. It also means pushing for folks to stop politicizing the memory of the Holocaust and, and sort of anti-Semitism in general, right? I think oftentimes these things come up and, you know, no one wants to be the person to, to call it out, but, you know, it, it's pushing people to directly be doing so. 
Um, the other part of this is, you know, challenging uh, anti-Semitism domestically through what we're calling a whole-of-government strategy. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into it, but it means working with the White House, uh, including the liaison to the Jewish community, uh, the outgoing Kanan Weissman, who was fantastic to work with, uh, and as it was just announced, incoming Shelley Greenspan, who we know really well and I'm beyond excited to work with. Uh, it means working with the special envoys to monitor and combat anti-Semitism globally, as well as the special envoy for Holocaust issues, and really working with sort of each and every agency uh, in all the different components that they are focused on. Uh, and then finally, it means adopting uh, the IRA working definition, the International Holocaust Remembrance, Remembrance Alliance's working definition of anti-Semitism. Um, but, you know, importantly, adopting it as a non-legally binding tool to understand anti-Semitism and to identify all of its modern-day manifestations, you know, okay. as a teaching tool. So this is a really important point, though. So the, the IRA definition, or the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition of anti-Semitism, uh, a lot of people have been critical of it as uh, something that stifles speech. So you, you added the word uh, non-binding. So to unpack that a little for us. I think the point of the working definition, um, it's to be used as a tool to define what is anti-Semitism. It's not meant to sanction speech. Right. It's why we push for resolutions uh, on the state and on the local level that, um, you know, that recognize and adopt it specifically in what we say is a non-legally binding sense. Um, because like it or not, you know, the First Amendment protects all forms of speech, including anti-Semitism or anti-Semitic speech. Um, but I think the definition is helpful uh, to figure out when speech leads or crosses that line, right, crosses the Rubicon, and it can help you identify a hate crime or a pattern of harassment. Um, you know, it, it also, I think, oftentimes can be helpful uh, as a resource. You know, I think my, my real belief with this is that there are a lot of folks who, you know, uh, have good intentions, but they just may not know much about anti-Semitism. They may not have grown up in a community uh, either with Jews or access to Holocaust education or anti-Semitism education. Um, and tools like the IRA definition give us, a, a you know, a chance to help educate and to understand uh, as opposed to, um, you know, to, to sanction. And we, we often use the word guideline, like, you know, this is a guideline, and certainly you have to take into account context. Um, and, and really, you know, while, while ADL has been using this as a guideline, uh, I think this combat plan really takes it a step further and says we are calling for everybody to adopt this as a guideline. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, you know, a number of countries have. Uh, more than 35 countries have already done so. Uh, more than 35 states around the country have already done so. Numerous local municipalities have done so as well. You know, in many ways, um, while IRA is not a perfect definition, it is the one that we've gotten uh, the most community buy-in on, and it's, you know, the way that we are actively and intentionally, and I think the important word is intentional there, it's intentionally pushing forward with it um, to help spread uh, understanding and awareness. Okay, so we managed to get through C, uh, one letter. Let's let's focus on one more letter, and... Uh, uh, and then if people want to go to the full plan, they can they can see it online. So that's a acting against global anti-Semitism. Can you describe what ADL is asking for from an international perspective? So there's a couple areas over here. I think one of the most exciting parts, and, and, I, and I briefly touched on this, it's working to strengthen and to support the office of the U.S. Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. You know, Ambassador Lipset is a force in the fight against anti-Semitism, and she has long been one since before she became the special envoy. But in the, just the two months since she was confirmed, you know, she's already traveled significantly throughout um, through Saudi Arabia and to Israel and to Argentina and to Chile and sort of all over the world, representing um, U.S. foreign policy efforts to combat global anti-Semitism. Uh, 
Um, so, you know, over here, there's a couple things we're talking about. Um, first and foremost, it's strengthening and supporting that office, right? That means pushing for increased staffing and funding for the work that they can do. It means supporting them through flagging and highlighting events and just generally offering you know, as much support as we can over there. Um, you know, I'll tell you already, we've been working uh, diligently this year to try to get uh, what we call plus-ups, right, increasing in funding um, for the Special Envoy's office. Uh, and in this year's House SFOPS, the, the House State Foreign Operations and Related Programs Bill, um, you know, there was already included an extra $500,000, about a 50% plus-up, uh, and we're hoping to have it included in the Senate bill as well. So the first part of that is working with the U.S. champion or the global champion. Uh, you know, the second part of that is, you know, encouraging um, governments around the world to better address anti-Semitism, um, you know, specifically in areas where Jewish communities oftentimes face issues, right? That could be in Europe, where there have been efforts over the years to either limit or prohibit a lot of um, sort of foundational Jewish practices, things like Brit Milah, Jewish circumcision, or Shrita, ritual kosher slaughter, you know, things that uh, directly impact Jewish life in these countries. It also means combating state-sponsored anti-Semitism in the Middle East, or, or pushing uh, governments to address, you know, uh, growing anti-Semitic uh, incidents or, or issues that we're seeing uh, in Latin America. And I know we just did a webinar with uh, with Deborah Lipstadt, and she is a fan of this plan and and wants to help us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we consulted with sort of all the important voices, you know, from from day one on this to make sure that we have buy-in from you know, all, all the people that we need in order to have to succeed. Because this is, I think in so many ways, such a transformational plan. That's a good point. Uh, how are we rolling this out, and, and how has it been received by, by those that we want to work with? Yeah, so we're, we're about a month in, and i got to say, so far, it's going even better than I expected. Off the bat, uh, there was the, the House of Representatives passed a resolution um, unequivocally condemning anti-Semitism by a vote of 420 to 1, which is amazing. Uh, on the day that the plan launched, 92 members of Congress sent a letter to Secretary Mayorkas uh, at the Department of Homeland Security, uh, urging sort of additional and urgent action to combat anti-Semitism that we were directly involved with. Um, as I mentioned, uh, we got this uh, so far the plus-up for both the Special Envoy for combating anti-Semitism and for Holocaust issues included in the House version of um, SFOPS. Um, they, we've done a number of amendments in what we call the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act, to address anti-Semitism, uh, and maybe most excitingly, uh, you know, more than 340,000 people have been uh, reached or eyeballs have been reached through social media so far. And, you know, that's just the beginning one month in. Amazing. And, uh, you know, you work in Washington, and I know that much of your time is devoted to advocacy and policy. So what are some policy options that you see, foresee growing out of this? First off, let me say this is a moment to encourage everyone to go to see the entire plan, the whole uh, menu of options at adl.org backslash combat plan. Um, to see sort of everything up over here. Um, but that includes, you know, uh, pushing for resolutions adopting the IRA working definition. That includes establishing, um, you know, interagency task forces to create these whole government approaches. It means pushing for Holocaust education to teach about the Jewish people um, and, you know, a whole litany of options. Um, but I, I encourage everyone to go check out the entire plan to see everything that applies to their communities uh, and to the federal government and state government. Great. We'll put a link to that uh, in the show notes for the podcast. And with that, I'll express my gratitude to my colleague, Dan Granote, for all the amazing work that you do and for coming on the show today to discuss this important response to the very troubling audit numbers that ADL released in April. So thank you, Dan. God, thank you so much for having me on the show. And of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. 
please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good. <laughs>